Welcome back to Fleshing It Out with Samantha Spittle, where we are tackling shame triggers and we are currently in our parenting series. Today's guest is Eileen Grimes with Loved As You Are, as well as the author of The Us Journal, which is a parent-child joint journal that encourages the kindling of authentic connection with your child. And I love everything that Eileen is about because she really is trying to help build bridges between parents and their children and gives practical tools that you can use from little kids all the way up to teenagers. Eileen reminds us to stay curious, which has been a common theme of all of our conversations this series around parenting. So sit back and enjoy Enjoy as Eileen and I flush it out. I'm excited to jump in and talk parenting, and I love how you are a parent and then had saw a need and created what is that? You know, like you see a need and you fill it. So I think that's awesome. So why don't we just jump in and you introduce yourself, Eileen? Sure. Yeah. So Eileen Grimes. (laughs) Uh, I'm a mom of two littles right now. They're four and eight, which is, I mean, gosh, a whole experiment in parenting with a pandemic and all the things. (laughs) Yeah. That's a whole other story. But yeah, so uh, mom of two, I am an author of the US Journal, um, which I know we'll talk about a little bit more. I'm also a trained educator. So I have my master's in education. which is where some of the, um, when I wrote the book where a lot of that kind of comes from and my experience within that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, as an author and, you know, working on a speaking career and, and, um, working through some really cool things I'm excited about the the whole idea of what I want to do is start, we, you know, there's a lot of people who are really good and their expertise is connecting with ourselves, right? It's that first step of like, I need to take care of myself where I'm coming from is step two in healing and connecting back with each other, right? That's, that's my goal. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love that. And that's why I'm really excited about our conversation because, you know, this month we're unpacking the shame trigger of parenting Mm. and my whole thing, you know, you and I, whenever I read any of your things, it's like, everything's so, um, it's like aligned, you know, cause we're both, like you said, all about healing and connection and things like that. But I love how you take it like the next step because, you know, I, I think I just wrote about it recently or something, but it's like, if we don't work out our stuff, we pass it on to the next generation, whether on purpose mm-hmm. or not. And if you need to learn more about that, watch Encanto and Conto. Oh. I mean, we could have a whole podcast episode about that. <laughs> We're not going right? to talk about Bruno. The... <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, let's get a trauma therapist in here and we'll just have a little round table. Like, oh, so good. So good. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I've been thinking about that, how we, you know, we have to heal ourselves. But the thing is, what I keep remembering is if I'm not intentional with my kids, like I'm trying to do all the things right, but I love how you have this perspective as both, like you said, an educator and a mom, and now an author of how do we connect it all? Because if I'm just focused on me, 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 even though I know it's for my kids and it's like the greater good, I don't want to like wait until they're adults to then finally figure this out. So um, I'm just grateful for you. I'm grateful that you felt that nudge that there needed to be something and you pursued it. So, um, so thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. And so for, for me, you know, like I said, the work definitely still needs to happen within ourselves and yeah. um, within our kids and and things like that. And I think having that centering perspective on who we are is so important. 
And that work should be done. Not saying it shouldn't. What I want to focus on then is how do we come back to each other? How in a a time that's, you know, for our children from a parenting perspective, but this goes even bigger than that. This goes into how do we heal our world? How do we, Mm -hmm. how do we connect what is seemingly so disconnected in this time and place? And that's one, that connection to ourselves, um, but being curious Mm -hmm. and coming from a space of saying, I don't have to control the outcome of who you are, (laughs) right? You are not me. You're not me. And that's so hard as a parent when I'm like, well, I know what I would have needed as a child. That is not necessarily what your child needs. (laughs) Yes. That it's funny because you know, another conversation I had around this topic, it's, it's, you know, you think, oh, this is the way it works. I'm going to follow the guidelines. I'm going to follow the rules. And then you figure out what works. So you're like, I'm just going to replicate it. And then you have another kid and then you forget what they need might not be what the other one needed. And then, like you said, we're being, especially, I mean, I know for me being very like an empathetic person, Mm -hmm. I think, well, this I'm so empathetic and this is what I need and I'm relating to them, but like, I could have it wrong. I think I am relating to them, but I might not. Yeah. So yeah. How do we start doing that? Exactly. And that for me, um, that's where the journal comes in, but it's also something that I do with my kids on a regular basis. It's asking questions. It's being curious about who these other people are because they are, they're people. I mean, how many parents can say, from the day my child was born, I know they were their own person, <laughs> like the way they came into the world, the way <laughs> that they mm-hmm. just exist. There is something innate, you know, I know we talk about nature versus nurture and there's definitely both parts of that and understanding and being open to, to the nature of who they are allows us to be better nurturers for them. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah, I have two kids, like I said, both very different children. <laughs> yeah. Do you um, find that like, so were you in the classroom or are, you know, high okay, school, so with other, but yeah, I also, I coached yeah. preschool gymnastics and, yeah. uh, you know, I did a lot of volunteering classrooms when I was younger that like, yeah. I have run the gamut of working with all different kinds of kids. <laughs> yeah. And that's great too. Cause it gives you such good perspective. Uh, did you see the difference from when you were working with kids Cause I know personally, I feel like to other people's kids, I can have much more of that healthy detachment. That's something we've talked about on the podcast before with our kids, you know, having that healthy detachment, like you were just saying about not being so tied to who we think they are, or who we want them to be, that they're their own person. And I try to do that, but it's hard because I'm a person, <laughs> you know, totally. I have this innate, but with other people's kids, I feel like. I have such, you know, they're not my kids. So it's even easier to have a healthy detachment. This is who I want to be. I want to have that relationship with my kids, but how can I actually follow through with it? So Mm -hmm. for you having that difference, did you notice that after your kids were born? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I mean, I think, like I said before, I think so much of that is in that we are connected with them. They, they need us so much. And, you know, in those early days when they, they are there, it's like, I, I see your need. I know what I need to do it's very prescriptive, right? It's like, I read the parenting books. This is that, this is what I do. I can meet all your needs. I can do all the things. I have all the control. And I feel like parenting, I don't feel like I know (laughs) 
is this sort of like lessening of control over time. And that's so hard to do when you're used to it, right? Like it becomes something you become accustomed to, but it changes so quickly over time as they're infants, as they're one and they're toddlers. And then they start becoming autonomous people in and of themselves. And to, to let that go is a hard thing for me, for me as a parent. Right. And yeah. And learning that, but when I have, you know, in the classroom, it was kind of like, okay, these are my kids for this year. And, you know, they might be at this specific developmental milestone and, you know, all of those kind of things. I love that. I actually, that's the one thing I always told them. Like, I love you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Even my high schoolers. And they thought that was so weird probably, but it was fine. Um, But yeah, it's, it is, it's very different. And, and that's the other piece too, is that I think that it's so important to make sure you have multiple really healthy adult relationships that your kids can see and and begin developing because I, I had very different relationships with my students than my students had with their parents. And for them to have a trusted role model in these other people, maybe they're, I'm not the space that they want to talk to about sex or what, I mean, I hope not, but yeah. um, Yeah. But if I'm not, then they have other healthy places to be able to go. And, you know, for me, like letting go of that control again, it's like this control piece of like, I have to be there everything Mm -hmm. and I'm not. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to be. (laughs) Yes. And I actually want to just almost like have you reiterate that point one more time because I think it is actually really crucial. You said about having, um, showing your kids healthy adult relationships, friendships, things like that. And I think I just wanted to kind of just, you know, highlight that again, because like you said, having kids have multiple outlets to talk to um, the people we think, you know, that they're going to go to, it might not be who they are. Um, And then of course, safe relationships. That's the other thing too, you know, um, I mean, we could get into a whole other conversation about that, (laughs) safe people, but um, you know, and you know, we still have to have boundaries and all that kind of stuff. But I just love that you just touched on that. And that can be such a positive thing for our kids. So yeah, absolutely. And I like I so my son, right now, like we have a therapist for me. Um, I, I mean, I have a therapist, I, yeah. I having a mental health um, approach for my child or for my children and family is so important for me. And I might not be that outlet. I, you know, I'm, I, I know what I don't know, or maybe I don't know what I don't know sometimes. Well, right. Yeah. But- we, we know that we don't know. That's I, know I think I what I, know. yeah, I know I don't know. And I know I have a lot to learn that what is totally. it? The more older you get, the more you realize you don't know. So, but there, there are other people that do. Right. And I think, so in the end for me, um, being able to ask for help is something I've had to work on for myself. Um, but also as a parent, I don't know everything. I'm not going to know everything. And I think that where I get, I got caught. And when I was first, you know, with, with the kids, when they're really, really, really young, they're still young, but, yeah. but really young, um, yeah. is this idea that it's like parenting is prescriptive. I know I am this one specific kind of parent. These are the things that I do. This is how it's going to work. And I can solve everything. If I do it in this specific equation, it doesn't work like that, <laughs> right? Every kid's different and we need different resources for each kid and being able to understand that and understand them and becoming the experts in our children 
is better than trying to say that I am the parent expert, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And even recognizing, even being the expert in our kids, I think that is recognizing that we are not like they're the expert in themselves, yes. like they know themselves. And so by us giving them the tools mm-hmm. and whether it's therapists or, you know, other adults, safe adults and things like that, a team of people, you know, so that the kids aren't on their own. Yeah. And the way that I'm looking at this. So one, my daughter asked, she was like, can, can I see, can I, she called, so I have, I have Kathy as mine. She's like, can I have a Kathy? (laughs) So so she wants a therapist. Like she wants someone to talk to. And the way that I'm looking at all of this is like there, we are our own little islands, right? We are our own little islands. And I want to teach them how to build bridges between all these different islands, because you know, if they can only ever access mine, what happens when I'm not there? What, you know, because eventually that's going to happen. How do they learn how to build bridges between these other islands so that they can come off and connect with other people and, and learn about each other and, and have a way to share of themselves, who they are in this world and, and building those gives them so much more freedom and access to the rest of life. That is beautiful. The, I love the idea of building bridges, building bridges. And since we already talked about one movie, we can throw in inside out as well. Oh, right. Because yes. she has all the different islands. I know it's funny. We, these movies, I'm like, yeah, we need to have a whole other, Oh yeah. You know, but setting them up for as much success as possible. And, and that building the bridges to share, you know, with each other, with others. Cause I think that starts at home. Cause if there's no yeah. connection, um, I use the word intimacy in another conversation. And when that was first brought up to me, of course it brought up like romantic intimacy and sure. And so squashing that just emotional intimacy. And it's where mm-hmm. there's actually that vulnerability and authenticity between. And it's that, that's something that I think if we can foster that with our kids and show them that healthy connection with other people, then they can have that with other people. And, you know, hopefully we're still, you and I both being moms of young kids, um, but wanting that so that they can build healthy relationships with people, you know, it kind of starts at home. So Mm -hmm. that all being said, um, how did you get to here? You know, I know we've, you and I talked a little bit before, but of course, I think all of us, it's like, spoiler alert. We all are passionate about the things that we need or want, you know, desire and things like that. Mm -hmm. So how did you get to this point of, of really wanting to, you know, jump into this world of being an author and an entrepreneur to, you know, as a mom to get, you yeah, know. no, it's a great question. Um, so I am a middle child of six, Wow. <laughs> which is, yeah, all the things they say about middle children, totally true. Um, <laughs> you're there. I'm, I'm there. Uh, number three, um, wanting to be seen, wanting to be special, but also learning this, this, um, I mean, it's a skill set now for sure. I use it in a lot of things that I do, but like this whole mediating between people and trying to be perfect and trying to not rock the boat and, um, sort of hiding of who I was so that I didn't cause too many waves for my parents to have to deal with. Right. And it's taken me years and years to, to find my way back to myself and, and, you know, there's, there's back to movies again. (laughs) Um, I love the movie, um, uh, runaway bride. I think it was with Julia Roberts with the eggs. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> right. So yes. she's, she's like, I don't even know what kind of eggs I like. And that's how I felt, you know, with my life in general before I had kids. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what kind of eggs I like. I I've done what I'm supposed to do and I've checked yeah. the boxes. And, and some of that too, for me growing up was, um, you know, I hid all the things that were hurtful and mm-hmm. I experienced um, intimate partner violence that I didn't share with anybody. I experienced um, sexual violence. Like I've, I've gone Mm. through some really difficult traumas that I was like, well, if I share this, it's going to cause this, right. It's, it's, I don't have a space where I can say, or feel like I can tell someone about this or should say anything because then I'll rock the boat. Yep. And um, I knew like, so I, when I had my son, I, I, he was my firstborn. Um, I just remember honestly looking into his eyes the moment he was born. Like I looked into his eyes and just thought like, I, I can't let this be your story. You know, mm-hmm. I, are we all going to go through hard stuff mm. for sure? Yes, like that's yeah. life. Um, mm. and I don't plan on, you know, trying to bubble wrap him or anything, but if I can at least provide him a space that he can come to and have open arms to say, no matter what happens in life, I am here for you. Like that's the bridge. I am, I am your bridge to come yeah. back to. And mm. that wasn't a book yet, <laughs> Yeah, but that was mm. just, it was, I know it was, <laughs> it was just the yeah. feeling that I had with him. And, you know, it was always funny. Cause I, like when I, when I think back on that too, I was like, there's never going to be enough time for me to really fully show you how much, I want to be here in this for you. And, um, mm-hmm. and then I had my daughter. Um, and then I started something like we do a lot of art and things together. It's just like a part of yeah. how we relate and talk. Um, and I had actually started the journal sort of before in 2018, um, just as some stuff that we would do together. Um, yeah. And then 2020. <laughs> then we had a pandemic. Well, pandemic. <laughs> right? Well, I just want to take a minute just to yeah. acknowledge. Thank you for sharing all that because that's such heavy stuff. And yeah. I know that you know when we've gone through heavy things and talk about them. Sometimes we, it's like we can just you know, it's part of our story. But I just want to sure. you know take a, a second to acknowledge that. And I'm you know I'm sorry for that pain and um, just the strength though of you being able though to look back on it and to change the narrative in your family. I mean, that to me, I think that's something that I think as we lean into this more, you know, um, you know, for my platform and just connecting with people, I think mm-hmm. that is becoming a reoccurring message. And that's why it kind of touched me so much. Cause it's so, um, I just don't think it's talked about enough because it's this, mm-hmm. this is what worked for me. And so we're just going to keep on keeping on, but as you know, I mean, it's not working for me, you know, yeah. it's, it's the cycle breaker. So I just wanted to acknowledge that because that's um, a lot and, you know, it's, I, it's a lot. I want to jump in real quickly. And I, I, I don't mean to skim over it in the sense mm-hmm. that I'm trying to ignore the pain, right? There oh, yeah, is no. pain. Yeah. There absolutely is. And I have worked and done my work in that space yeah. and I have done some healing there and there are still scars and, and, yeah. and that exists. I don't mean to, to make it oh, yeah. 
small point. Oh no, um, not at all. And I didn't take it that way. I, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, I was coming from the place of, I knew because you could talk about it like yeah. that. That's what I assumed is that, you know, you could. The other part of that too, is that I think so much of it doesn't get talked about. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's behind closed doors and it's, um, not, you know, I, I know the Brene Brown thing is like vulnerability is not yeah. just spewing all your stuff out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And at the same time, there is sharing of these stories that happen in a way to say, you are not alone. I, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to air the grievances of past to, to blame anyone or to, um, you know, get, do the look at me, look at me yeah. kind of thing. But it's like, I guarantee you there's someone else who has also had a story who has also experienced. And like me to say this right now is to say, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And um, there's this really just, I can't remember the quote exactly how it is, but there's, I love the visual of it, but this like woman coming out from the fire, carrying buckets. Right. And it's like, (laughs) that's Mm. what I want to be. That that's the person that, that I am. And I've experienced Mm. the fire and I want to say that I'm here for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, be it my children and or whoever else that I can help serve. So that's, yeah. honestly, that's my goal. Um, and so, yeah, so, I mean, so just kind of back to it, but like the, yeah. going to, into 2020, um, you know, I work um, in tech also <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, it's great and it pays the bills and everything. Um, but I went through this whole exercise where I was like, what am I doing in life? Like what? Yeah. Oh my goodness. What, what is happening? <laughs> what, what, what does this mean? And I actually sat down and wrote my eulogy um, wow. and sort of the, I don't know, phase one of the pandemic or whatever that looks like. Um, and like, I'm like, if I, if I were to have died this day, mm-hmm. what would be said about me or what could have mm-hmm. been said about me? Right. And and then I wrote a second version. I was like, what do I want mm-hmm. to be said about me? And yeah. um, so then went on a whole big journey of like redefining what success meant in my life. And how do I, what does that mean from an impact I want to have on the world? What does that mean from the time that I have? Like, wh- where do I want that to go? And going through that, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to change the world to make it a better, more loving place for my kids. And I was like, I started this journal, yeah. <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago, this is it. Like, that's the thing that I need to get out and share and help other families connect. Mm-hmm. And like, look, the thing I will say, I, I, we're not a perfect family. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, But like, we're learning each other and we're experiencing each other in our hearts and, and what that means on a daily basis. And my goodness, this morning was a huge disaster going to daycare, but (laughs) like we, we, we eventually talked through it and, you know, my daughter was really tired this morning and she was sad and like, we, we got to those points, um, together and yeah, I was, I just, I'm like, how do I share this with the world in a way that we can start these conversations? And then, I mean, all of 2020 happened and, and, you know, just being pulled apart from each other 
physically from, from, you know, (laughs) just being quarantined and things like that. And then ideologies are are pulling people apart. And, you know, I'm like, how do, how do I do this? And and coming through with this book and now this whole concept, right. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm actually looking to put a, a podcast together Yay! <laughs> soon. Yeah. Um, I can help I, you if you need help. I would Shout love that. <laughs> um, yeah. And so there, there's kind of two versions of it. One of them I want to do is a kind of helpful good night thing for parents, um, yeah. but also for kids who might not have loving parents mm. or adults in their lives um, to kind of have something that helps them go to sleep at night and just be heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's beautiful. So that's one of the things, but then, yeah. And then actually having, I'd love to have some conversations together to help people start having conversations yeah. and talking to each other. So anyway, with all that being said, the book is now out the us journal and um, it made its way out into the world, November of last year, 2021. And I mean, I'm just getting feedback from people. Cause they were like, I don't get it. What is, what do you mean? Like, what is this? And then when they get it in their hands, I mean, I've just had people like my, my child is asking to do this with me every night, (laughs) which is beautiful. I mean, you know, there's sometimes we as parents, like, oh my gosh, another thing I have to remember another thing I have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and how long does it take? Um, but what's being, what's amazing is that these kids are now asking their parents to do the work with them, right? Because it's, it's this very intentional one-on-one time together, um, where they're getting to know each other. And it's just such an amazing, beautiful thing um, that I've seen. And that's what I want to do for the world. The, the three, the three words that, I mean, I love are tell me more, Mm, right? (laughs) Tell me more. Oh, I love that. Tell me more. Yep. So it's not, it doesn't take a lot (laughs) and it allows them to, yeah, exactly. Tell me more. <laughs> Write it in your hands. Like. <laughs> my other one is be cool. That's my friends and I. We talk about that. be cool with Love teenagers. It. Whatever they're saying, you just oh. be cool. Be cool. Right. Just be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. So tell me more, and then be cool. Yeah. All right. Be cool. Tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more. Um, and that's something. I mean, learning as a teacher too, right? Like mm-hmm. asking these open-ended questions to, um not try to guide it in any specific way, because again, it's that whole control piece that we have in our brains. I'm like, okay, well, if they said this, they must absolutely think this, right? Um, And I mean, gosh, for me that, you know, some of that was when they first started approaching some of the sex conversations, even as young kids from watching animal videos, right? It was like, how, you know, my stuff. They'd ask stuff from, you know, seeing something about salmon spawning. Right. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, what, you know, well, tell me more. What are you thinking about that? And so they'd ask the question then I'm like, Oh, Oh, you wanted to do this. Not, <laughs> not it reminds like me of that. all the other things. <laughs> it reminds <laughs> me there's like some story I'm sure like back in the day when you forwarded emails um, where it was like the kid asked about sex and the parent went into this whole, mm-hmm. you know, description with every single detail. And then the the kid was like, it says male or female. So which one, which one am I? And so like that, that story periodically is my head. Like you need to ask questions because I love what you said about the the control, like, yeah, where we think it's going. And Mm -hmm. I think as parents, we want to guide and, and direct it and forgetting that, like, we need to get on their page first. Yeah. And so just, I mean, there's a freedom in that too, where it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm not having to think five steps ahead. And if I can let go of some of that one, it relieves the stress for me of like, 
this has to go this specific way. It has to be about this. It has to be, it always has to be a lesson learned. It always has to be this. And it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, if we get curious about our kids and we ask them, you know, what, what makes you think that, or how, how, how did you get there? Or, you know, just tell me more about that. I think that part of it opens up this door of allowing us to be true listeners in the conversation rather than having to feel like we're owning and controlling everything within that. And it just feels like so much less stress. Yeah. And I think that is huge. What you just said, I feel like for parents listening just to Mm -hmm. really marinate on that. Cause I think as I think it's more common because I feel like it's not something talked about, but as soon as you said that, I thought, I think that's like parenting. Parenting feels like you have to have all the answers and you have yeah. to guide them. And it's our job to nurture. And, and, you know, if we don't raise them, who will, and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, your kids can tell when you're trying to lead them down a path, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I just think that's so calm. I mean, at least for me, once again, I can't speak for everyone, but I just yeah. have a feeling that a lot of us carry that pressure. So. Yeah. And then the other piece too, for me is along these control lines is like, I don't know about you, but I, when I first started, it was like, I'm the disciplinarian. I am the strong. I am like all of the things, this has to be in order. This has to do this. Um, recently we've been like, my, my recommendation is be silly. Also be silly, mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, release some of that control sometimes mm. and be silly, have fun. Like um, yeah. one of my favorite things right now is at, at bedtime, when I'm doing bedtime with the kids, we have joke time. Mm, that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, so I've, ta- I've been teaching them the art of telling jokes. So they're, I mean, you know, when they, we first started, they didn't really make sense. And they, they understood there was like, well, okay, there's like sort of an equation for this and, and how do we do this? But um it's just been so much fun to see their creativity at work. They know mom can be there. It, it doesn't always have to be a serious conversation because we can also relax around each other. We There's just that feeling of, of relaxing and releasing lowers your stress hormones and, mm-hmm. and feeling comfortable with our parents is such a, it's, yeah. it's a big thing to do. And so being silly together, whether it's, you know, tossing a balloon in the air and trying to keep it up or, um, you know, my daughter loves like fart jokes and stuff right now. So that's just where yes. <laughs> always down for a good fart joke. Always, <laughs> right? They're finding their joy, right? They're finding the moments that they get joy. And there's something really special about that because we, I just, crushes a growing up as an adult, I'm like, Oh, where is the joy? Yeah. <laughs> Why do we have to suck it dry from them when they're experiencing these little things, whether it be a fart joke or, yeah. you know, a show that I'm like, there's no words. Why are you, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> why do you like this so much? You know, yeah. but, but they do. And to, to try to mute the experience of joy in their lives I mean, I want to amplify that more, (laughs) right? And and if they know the things that help turn them on to that joy, then all the better. Yeah, I was gonna say we can watch academic programs some other time too. Like, no, what I I, yes, boundaries are great. Also, Um, they're not gonna watch us twenty four seven, and it's okay to have joy. (laughs) Yes, yes, and I think with teenagers too, it's so important. You know, to I remember getting that advice. You know, when the kids are young 
if they are into like Pokemon and Minecraft, mm. you listen to them. And I think it, you know, goes, it's something that I'm kind of trying to just remember as they get older, you know, to find the joy in the things they did. Cause that's something my mom, she, I give her so much credit now <laughs> because in high school, my brother was in college. My dad uh, was always gone like Monday to Friday. So it was just the two of us. And she watched all those teenage shows with me, Dawson's Creek, mm. Gilmore Girls. Um, oh, yeah, and now Gilmore so Rose has like a reboot, you know, but like <laughs> Roswell for the old school WB folks, you know, yeah. all those show. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, as the kids say cringy now, because mm. it's kind of rough because they're like teenagers that are living like they're 20 somethings. And she could have sat there and criticized it, but we watched it together. And like, when I went off to college, she taped it with the VCR because that's my age. And so when I would come home, we would watch the shows together. And like I said, I didn't really think much of it. And now looking back, I'm like, dang, that was like quality time. And yeah. two, she could have totally like, now I watch it and I rip it apart and I'm younger than she was when it was on. And so I'm like, dang, I did not realize that, you know, I think it, you yeah. know, just a way to connect and to do something together. So. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's part of it too, right. Is, is that, that holding of space for each other Mm -hmm. and whether it's your child or a spouse or a friend, like we, we connect when we share things together and, and having that time to say, I can sit with you in this without my phone. And look, Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you to sit for two hours (laughs) watching something, but, but they know they, like, I talked to my son the other day and I was like, how do you know when, um, you know, like, or we talked about like, what, what does it look like when mom's really like engaged and, and playing and, and here with you? And he's like, you don't have your phone. <laughs> they know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they know, even if it's not like, even if I'm not looking at it, that I don't have my phone with me, he knows. Um, yeah. And so just sitting there with him is when he knows that I am, I'm with him in the moment. And that can lead to, I mean, this summer, there was a moment when we were sitting watching one of his shows and he told me that there were kids that were bullying him um, at camp. And it just came in this moment of like holding this space together where he felt comfortable, knew I was there present with him for him to feel comfortable about opening up about this thing that was happening with him. So, you know, just and I'm not saying that happens every time, right? Yeah. It might be silent or it might be quiet, but you know, we're on the same kind of eye level. Um, and that was one of the things I was taught when we were, you know, at, for during uh, my master's in education, it was yeah. like, get on kids eye level when you're talking with them, because it lowers the uh, um, thought of aggression, right? If you're above, oh, then you're being looked yeah. at, like you're an aggressive figure. So if you're on eye level with them, it actually decreases that and allows them to feel more comfortable. So, you know, if I was teaching, I would kneel down when I was talking to students at their desk and things like that. So just a little tidbit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just thinking, you know, so many kids open mm-hmm. up at bedtime you know, that's the time when parents were usually done. And that's, you know, when kids want to talk and, and I have a friend, you know, she said with the teenagers, it gets later and later, you know, they start coming in your room. And I just thought, man, if you're like laying together at night, you're eye level. And so that's really big. Um, Something I want to point out that you said that once again, another huge thing, you said you asked him how he knows you're fully Mm -hmm. engaged, which means you were prepared to be Mm -hmm. criticized. 
So that's yeah. huge. So kudos <laughs> to you on I, that. I think some of that. So I grew up, my, both my parents were teachers. So that's probably part of it where they were constantly mm-hmm. asking us questions and it was like, what is it? I, I have a growth mindset, right? It's like, how can I continue to improve or, or do better or, or learn something new? And for me, those are opportunities to learn. And that's why, I mean, even in the journal, right, there are times when I ask, like, um, as the parent, one of the parent things is like, um, when you're sad, I do this does that help? <laughs> right. And so it's like, mm. I'm, this is the work that I'm doing. Is that actually helpful for you? Is that, is that something you like? And, and getting that feedback and understanding just gets us on a better page. And so I, I want to know if it's not working for him, right? Like they're going to push yeah. back. It's like, no mom, don't give me any rules. Don't give me any of yeah. that time. Like that's not, that's yeah, not what of I'm course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. But that's the thing though. I think that that's something that we as parents, it's, it sounds all well and good, like this journal and we want to connect with our kids. And cause it's not a, but it's totally an, and it's like, it's, I love how you said the growth mindset. It's, oh yes. Remind mm. yourself that we are in a growth mindset together, that we are doing this to better. And so that when things come up that yes, this is working or this isn't, it's not a personal yep. attack on us. That's why we have to get yes. our stuff together. So we're not projecting our own insecurities or, you know, oh my gosh, my, you know, trying to be the perfect mom. And by them telling me I'm not meeting their needs, it's exposing that I'm not perfect. Right. I mean, that's why we have to do our own work so that we can do it. But I, I, I really like that framing it in that growth mindset. And that's the thing. I think when you have that safe environment where they feel like they can tell you what they need instead of always having to be not rocking the boat, you know, like we said in the beginning, just kind of, I can't tell you what I, what works or doesn't work. And, and that's something too, I've been trying to work on too, is like letting them figure out what kind of eggs. Exactly. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I I love that metaphor. There's just, there's something really amazing about that. Right. And yeah. And what better way to teach them that and help them understand that for future relationships, right? If they're like, if I'm telling you, you have to do this because I'm doing this and all things, how does that prepare you for a relationship with anyone else in the future? Then you either are going to fight against the, uh, you know, future relationships when anyone else tries to tell you what to do, or you won't speak up for yourself and like giving you the ability to say what's working, what's not gives you some of that flow of like, you know what, that does really hurt my feelings. If you say something along those lines or, or no, I don't feel comfortable when you rub my hair when I'm feeling sick, right? Like there, there are ways in which we're helping prepare them for future relationships by giving them the ability to say, I'm a part of this relationship as well. Um, (laughs) I'm, I'm clapping my hands for those that can't hear. I'm just like, yes, thank you. Thank you for those reminders and, and respecting boundaries, right? Parenting is about setting boundaries Mm -hmm. and other people are going to have boundaries too. There's, there's nothing wrong. I'm Mm -hmm. not telling anyone to not have boundaries. I don't, I don't mean that in any way, shape or form. It it is important to have those for, for our children and for them to set them for us too and and learn what that is. And that is in having these, these back and forth conversations. Um, And then the other part for me, at least is, I mean, creating together is like a whole thing, but, um, and sharing our experience and letting our kids know that we're also human. I know we kind of touched on that a little bit. Um, but 
I don't know is actually extremely powerful for them to hear, (laughs) right? To say, Mm -hmm. you know what? I don't have an answer for that. And either we need to work through that together to figure out what a good solution is going to be. I mean, I don't know about you, but I I feel like parenting for me is a constant, like, oh, what do I do in this moment? I'm just going to breathe for a second and figure out what to do next. (laughs) I thought my parents Mm -hmm. knew everything and they didn't. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's adulthood. I think you reach adulthood when you realize that everyone else is just learning as they go. And the people who think I get, the older I get, the more afraid I get of people who think they have it all figured out. When I encounter that, it is, I, it is, it really is. But, but sharing of that, of like one, I don't know, or I've been through that too. So, um, you know, when we, when I talked Mm -hmm. to my son about the bullying thing, I shared with him my experience of what that looked like Mm -hmm. and felt like when I had moved from living in Colorado to to Washington and the kids were not kind to me when we moved in. I was like, Mm -hmm. to me that, and, you know, giving him that emotional intelligence language of like that made me sad and scared. And I felt lonely and, and really in pain, um, from hearing those words and in my body that, you know, mm. felt like this pit in my stomach and, you know, so just giving, giving some words mm. to what those feelings can be and allowing them to start really working on some of the empathy side of things. Right. It's like, Oh, other people yeah. have experiences and perspectives outside of my own. And that's what this can look like. And, and being able to share that from, from a loving space, gives them the time to hear that, that other people are really seeing and experiencing life just as much as they are. Eileen, thank you so much. I, I love how you in the beginning talked about building the bridges. And I feel like you took us kind of through that, how we can pass that on to our kids. And so, of course, I know that parents, of course, should get your journal. Do they have other ways that they can reach you or resources that you have, um, yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm on, uh, I have my own website. So www.lovedasyouare.co.com.co. <laughs> uh, and then I'm also on Instagram. So loved as you are CO um, on there. And uh, I hit up Twitter every once in a while, just Eileen M. Grimes. But, um, you know, I'd love to hear from anyone that's using the journal, what that's like. Um, and, you know, I really truly just want to change this world one loving connection at a time. That's, that's my goal. And yes, selling books is great, but it also means that, that each person that gets one has the opportunity to learn and love and see their children fully and completely. I love that. And what I love about your tool, your book, your tool is that so often you know, just my podcast, for example. So this episode will, will be, you know, late eighties, 90, you know, episode yeah. 90 or something. So I love it. I love talking to people, all this wisdom. And, and I leave these conversations like, yes, this is amazing. And then I get up and I have something waiting for me and, uh, 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 and all this stuff that I just sat here and was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And so I think the same thing when you listen to stuff, you know, you think, oh, this is so good. But then life Mm -hmm. happens. And I think having something to do together. And so, you know, I would, of course, encourage people, like, even if you don't get the book right now, like you gave great tips on how to talk to our kids and how to ask questions. And I think just those are the powerful things we can jot down and start doing. And, you know, once we add those things into our day and our routine, 
you know, kind of create those rhythms, if you will, you know, to, to have that space and to start, you know, building those bridges. So it's not just a one-off, you know, conversation. So I really appreciate, like I said, you're, you sharing your heart, um, but also pursuing it, taking it a step further and, and, and doing something to help families. So thank, thank you for that. You. It's, it's been wonderful. I- Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle where we explore growth and healing through vulnerable conversation. Our hope is that you feel seen and find tools for growing resiliency and tackling your own growth and healing. Be sure to subscribe and check out the VIPs and other resources at samanthaspittle.com. This has been a Spitfire production. thing I've ever heard.